lot of times this life backs us up against the wall Seems the higher we climb, the further we get pushed and fall But we have each other to learn and grow strong Yeah, we have each other to discuss what's wrong Welcome back to another episode of Her Melanin. I'm Samari Monet, and in this week, we are going to be talking about Black men and their feelings, because people think Black men don't have feelings, don't have emotions, um, or they just hide it very well. So with me, I have three guests. Um, please introduce yourself. What up, what up, what up? What's good? What's going on, y'all? What's going on, world? It's boy CJ. And quiet. Okay, and- <laughs> it's your boy Ron Logies, <laughs> co-host of the Speakeasy. What's going on? And last but not least, it's the third <laughs> counterpart of the Speakeasy. It's your boy Ush, and I'm the crazy one of all three. But I'm Ush glad L. to be on this show because it's all about melanin. Talk hey. to us. What's good? So, if y'all wasn't paying attention. Amen. Yes, these men are from the Speak Easy podcast, um, and so they are going to give me the male perspective on this topic. So, represent, represent. Uh, so yeah. I'll tell you guys how I came about this topic. Uh, I think three years ago, my uncle died of a heart attack, and wow. mm. it initiated from stress, mm. right? It initiated from stress, though. And so he was going through things and he wasn't telling my aunt, like he wasn't saying nothing. Mm. And when we found out, we was like, why, you know, why he never say nothing? Right. You know, and so then that opened the floodgates for a lot of things. Like um, my husband, Hmm. he he always act like everything is good, you know, Mm. no matter what. So Mm. I want to talk about that. So my first question is, why do men feel like, they can't talk about their feelings, like when they're going through it and stuff like that. I, I'll take the lead. Go ahead. Um, for me, it started out from you know when you're a kid, and and I'm guilty of it as well. You look at it like with my son. I have a daughter, and I have three sons. When my daughter was younger, if she fell and and scraped her knee, or mm-hmm. if she started crying for no reason with your daughter, you I don't want to use the word coddle, but it's like oh baby, it's just so going to be right. okay. It's going to be so sweet. But how my sons and how I roll. Bro, if you're not bleeding, you didn't break something, I don't want to hear it. You know, I don't want to hear it. You know, baby girls get baby dolls and kitchen stuff to play with. Boys get the Tonka trucks and and, and wrestling figures. So it's kind of you're conditioned from a child to be tough, to be like, if I show emotion, that's bad. And, you know, I I, like I said, I fall prey to that as well. Um, But that's just, you know, kind of how I feel about it. Wow. I do the same thing, wow. unfortunately, CJ. When my uh, son is crying, I'll usually tell him to wipe them tears away and uh, make a muscle. Because <clears throat> at first I was disagreeing with you, and I'm like, dang, you're right. 
Yeah, you just do it. It's like it's, it's just we're conditioned that way. Yeah, yeah. Mine is similar to you all's, but for myself, I always felt like, um, you know, it's hard to find a safe place to place your emotions without being looked at like a punk or a sissy. So for yeah. me, I didn't want to express emotions like that because I felt like I was weak. Because I felt like when I did, my emotions by other people, and really I'm talking about in the form of women, they may think that I'm either being weak or a punk or I can't control myself or something's wrong with me because I never had a safe place to put my emotions and somebody say, hey, you can put them here and I'll be understanding. So for me, I was like, well, screw that. I'll just go emotionless. <laughs> you know what I mean? I ain't got to worry about somebody looking at me like I'm crazy or not trusting me because I got they think I got emotional issues when I don't. I'm just mad or sad or whatever the case may be. So I want to tap into that. Um, two things. First thing, um, where you said you didn't know where to put your emotions because you didn't want to be seen as, you know, soft. My thing is when people think of emotions, they think you got to cry it out or you got to sit in a, a room and, you know, everything is sad. It don't have to be like that. Like, there's other right. outlets. Right. Wow. And so, um, because obviously men are masculine, women right. are feminine, which we, which is the reason why most women have uh, support groups. Um, why haven't men thought of having some type of group, I won't say support groups, but group or some type of connection with each other where it's like, I understand where you're coming from. Let's talk about it. That question if goes very, very deep. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, bro. Talk about it. So, we're talking about something I'm very passionate about. Black men, society, and the big picture. And what you ask pretty much is, what is where does the disconnect between Black men originate? Because mm-hmm. no matter the environment, there, there's always going to be some tranquil, a little bit of uneasy when Black men are coming together. So while we don't have the support groups you talk about, you can ask that pretty much about most things on the face of this earth. Why aren't Black men doing this? Hmm. And That's true, man. I'll just get right to the point. It, it, the issue derives from the past 300 years. So right. it's pretty much the uh, rise of slavery. Um, the cotton industry taking a boom in the 1600s or something around there and Africa being the target right. community to work those farms. Plain and simple. Right. There's a thousand things that went into it. I'll say this. I just don't, I'm going to be honest with you. These two gentlemen right here, I'll be honest with you, Samari, I trust them. But other guys, I don't trust them because I was taught you got to show me something for me to trust you. And so if I'm going to be in a group setting with you, do I trust to know that the information that I tell you is not going to get out to other people? Mm. Because you might use as a leverage on me to get higher than me in a position that I'm trying to go because I relate to you on a job or something that I really want that this is how I feel. And instead of you taking that and nurturing that and helping me get to the next level, you, you stab me in my back. And that's happened way too many times to me with other guys. So I'm like, screw that. I'll yeah. just, you know, you know, chill with who I chill with, trust, like I trust Ron and trust CJ, and of course I trust my dad, but everybody else, you know what I mean? It's hard. 
Man, well, I, I know for me, Ernest, just kind of like really piggyback off what you just said, man. All growing up, I was taught, you know, you keep your circle tight. You keep it real tight because you can't trust everybody. Right. Like we get conditioned, once again, just going back to conditioning, right. that you have to have like your core group. Like I do have people who I can talk to. Um, right. You know, my wife is one of them, but I right. do have people, you know, friends uh, that I consider near and dear that I'll share with. But I'm not going to give everybody my business. It's like if there was a support group, I'm looking around like I really don't know these guys. And kind of like Ernest said, you know, you could use that to come back at me later. And that's just one of the things like we men, we just naturally protect ourselves and we put on this hard shell like, you know, we owe everything is good. Nothing's going on. But if you're not really in that circle, you're not going to get a lot of out of not the average guy. It's right. Gonna and that's what I'm going to say with what he said, because I trust, you know, I trust my wife 100 percent. I dump into her everything because she's the first person on this earth. And I'm talking about on this earth that I found that I can put my emotions to. And she's able to work through my emotions and not see me as weak. And I just want to say, that's a miracle for you to have. I ain't say my mom. I ain't say none of them. I say her. That's a big deal. What does that tell you? A lot. Mm -hmm. That does say a lot. So going off of what you guys said, y'all brought up something that I feel is so important and I feel like it's overlooked. You trust your wives enough to tell them basically like what you're going through your pain a lot of people don't realize when somebody uh, and this is just me learning this being a, a military training leader I've only been it for a little over a year but uh, when somebody service. gives you the responsibility of their problems now you have that weight right so yep. as women you know we have ways to take off the weight um, and we're carrying your weight, you know what I'm saying? Making sure that you guys are good and then we deal with it how we deal with it. But that's strength alone. So that's what I'm trying to uh, really trying to get into, trying to, um, what's the word I'm trying to say? Trying to highlight. Um, not crying or something like that. I don't, think, I don't feel that always equates to being strong. It's right. how you deal with it, how you bear the weight that was given to you. If that makes sense, I definitely agree. But I'm but, a crier. But even even with even with crying, I was gonna <laughs> say even with crying, right? And we try to we try to like you know uh, uh, shield ourselves and we can't show those kind of emotions. But right. what was the movie, uh, fellas? Um, when they see us, yep, with, yep. With the movie with the Central Park Five. Yeah. yeah. At the end at the end of the first season, when they said guilty, yep, I was so heartbroken, and my boys were near me. My wife was there. I remember I ran to the room because I didn't want to cry in front of them. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, I didn't want to cry in front of them. And then after the fact, I know I came back out. My eyes were all puffy. Of course, my son was looking like, what just happened? My wife was crying. My daughter was crying. And they were looking at me like, you know, what just happened? And I kind of felt like I wish that I would have showed them, especially for my boy, my oldest, show him that emotion to say it's okay to have compassion for another man, even though you don't know them. You know, I was watching that, and I saw my sons in that movie. You know, I was like, sure. that could be my boy. Exactly. Um, you know, so we are, we, we kind of are guarded. Um, and then, like, even that point, I, I walked away from the wife. You know, she kind of was trying to go with me. I was like, you know, no, let me go do my thing. Right. I'm trying to be macho man right here. You know, we, right. we kind of got to get over that. Right. Especially with the emotion, because we talked about emotion. I know we talked about crying. But I'm be honest with you, the hardest one for a lot of us to mask and not be seen as crazy is anger. Because our emotional yes, anger, true. especially as a black oh, yeah. man and the things that anger we deal with man. on a daily basis mm -hmm. from the people that we deal with, like mm -hmm. even for our wives, you know, 
it's hard for us to channel that emotion and not be seen as, oh, he crazy right now. Oh, he tripping. It's not that I'm crazy or I'm tripping or we're crazy or tripping. It's just that I'm angry and I'm trying to get it out. And sometimes it doesn't come out the way it can't come out in this standard form of like a linear equation in a math problem. It don't come out like that every time, you know, uh -huh. and just getting that one out alone um, is hard to do. So if I'm talking to another guy, <clears throat> sometimes I, I, you know, I'm just looking for like, you know, just to get that one out to where I'm not looked at as crazy, but understand I'm just mad because work was tripping. I'm uh -huh. just mad because my parents was tripping, you know, I, it's, that's hard to get out. Oh, that one right there. Right now. Yeah, man. You, you preach it. Man. <laughs> you are you are preaching. It's so hard to try to deal with everyday life. Um, like I said, you I mean you can go to work and have a terrible day. You know, when you come home, being the man, you the leader of the house. Right. Just you know, just naturally you're the leader of the house. And the, the emotions of the house go by the yep. motion that the man shows, and it's just it does. for some guys it is difficult to be able to turn off that switch. You yep. know, I've been married for you know going on eleven years, so I'm kind of getting better at it, right. a lot better than I used to be. Right. But it's tough. It's tough for the average guy, and especially somebody just starting off in a relationship. Right. Um. You know, if, with, with the young lady, you, you're not going to get all that trust off the bat. Nope. It's just not going to happen. It's not. So with that being said, because that was another one I was going to bring up, anger. Um. A lot of well, society when they see the angry black man, they automatically think like violent or you know crazy. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the questions that comes to my head is why? <laughs> like I get, don't get me wrong, I get you know the history and stuff like that. But who said who's to say that you're not allowed to be angry? Who's to say that it's, you it's, can't feel the type of way if something happens to you, you know? It's the society that we live in, you yep. know, um, just to kind of go back to what Ron was saying back yep. from when we first got brought over here, you know, from, from Africa. When we came over from Africa, we were stripped of that masculinity. Like, we was a threat. Right. You know, we were the head of the household. <clears throat> we were stripped of our power. The woman was put above the man. Not to say in yeah. certain, some, uh, certain cases that it shouldn't be that way, but they kind of strip that from us. No, and whenever a black man it. shows any emotion, any type of passion, any type of excitement, it's, it comes off as angry. Um, I remember I, I was looking at this uh, research project that came and it was showing where they had these instructors who were teachers. They were, they were excuse me, they were going to school to become teachers. They were trying to teach between K through 12. Um, and they had different uh, actors that took different pictures. And the different actors and actresses were making different emotions mm. based on what they were told. And the black person was like, four, the black man and the black woman was four times more likely to be determined as angry when that wasn't the actual emotion they were trying to be uh, portraying. Mm. And it was almost non-existent for the counterpart, for the white man and white They're woman. Passionate. They were able to guess their emotion every time. So just, you know, it, it, it goes deep. It, it, it's oh. ingrained deep in us and it's ingrained deep in our society. Anytime a black man... Right, they say raise your voice. Even, even I don't know, fellas. You grew up. My mom used to always tell me, "Son, you can't raise your voice." She used yeah. to let my sister get away with it, but wouldn't let wouldn't yeah, let me get away with it. But now, as I'm older, I can kind of understand because when we, you know, it's like when we talk, man, it's like thunder roll. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you know, people get very intimidated by that. <laughs> I feel you, CJ. I just want to say, um, we was joking the other day that uh, when you said your mom wouldn't let you raise your voice, my mom. I'm going to just say her favorite rapper was Tupac. So <laughs> I was raised to be a rebel, but <laughs> just had to get out of there. I thought that was funny. But, you know, when Ron pulled out that, you know, thing with slavery and CJ said as well, like, 
like if you ever watched uh, Mandingo Warrior, it's like an old movie with Ken Norton. It's like an older movie. Like in that movie, that slave movie, they portray what they took away from the black man in that movie, taking away his masculinity like you all alluded to. And I'll be honest with you, when we have to work twice as hard to get the same thing as somebody else, that takes a lot of energy. So yeah, I'm a bit angry. You ain't lying. When I have to work twice as hard to take care of my family that somebody else of another race does not have to, I ain't gonna lie, I'm a tad bit angry. But the anger, I channel it to work harder and I'm not mad at the other race. That's where they take our emotions and twist it. They think I'm mad at them for what happened four years years ago. I ain't mad at you. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that I'm over it because I know it physically didn't happen to me. But what I'm saying is I use that energy to work twice as hard. So my aggression that you keep saying, it's not aggression, it's called passion. Yeah. I'm passionate about taking care of my family. I'm passionate about not making the mistakes that my dad and his dad made. I'm passionate about making sure my children are raised. I'm passionate about making sure that Ron and CJ, even on our show, you know, gets the credit they deserve, make sure everything is going right for them. I'm passionate about my wife and her job and my son's education. It's okay. passion. It's not <clears throat> anger. Let me ask you guys a question really quick. I'm going to try to encapsulate and clarify everything that is in my head that where we're at right now with this conversation. So slavery lasted from about 1625 to 1865, 265 years. Then we went through segregation. Uh-huh. Uh, through colonization, then we had the imposition of religion, institutionalized racism, Jim Crow laws. Can we talk about AIDS? Can we talk about the crack epidemic coming into our communities and right. causing havoc? The educational disparity that was in our educational systems. Like, there is right. a huge disparity that we have and it's right in our faces, but yet America is not doing anything about it. And it goes right. back to the we're, original question right uh, that Samaria asked, which is why? Why? That is that is the why. We are set up to lose. Y'all want to know what I've been thinking about the past couple of days with everything that's going on and currently 2020 America? America government took money out of the National Fed to bolster the economy and give us stimulus checks. Black people yep. have been asking for reparations for, for reparations. so long. You telling me yep. that a flu, we need to take two trillion out of the Fed, but what black people have went through and what our communities go through, we don't deserve nothing? Incredible. Just, it, it, it blows, it, we build, we it build blows my country. mind, but nobody no wants to talk about it. it. But we're talking about depressed black men, black people in general, in the world that we live in, because it's bigger than America. But here's the thing. What, what is say? our solution? Where are we going from here? We can talk about that. I all love day. that. So, yeah, that was my next question. So, with everything that's going on, and I'm not saying we don't have a reason, you guys don't have a reason to, you know, feel the way that you feel, but like, what, what are you going to do about it? Right. And that's what I was going to say. It, it's, it's, I know we could talk about it, and these would, those would be great conversations with Ron just brought up, like awesome conversational pieces. However, with all those things that happen and are happening from the time of 1620 to right now, I could dwell on that. And if I did, I'm be honest with you, it make me more and more and more pissed. It would. Mm-hmm. But the only thing that I can control is making sure of two things that I take care of my initial family and to try to take care of what's in my community that I see right now. Cause I cannot change the government. I cannot change social institutions. Mm-hmm. Institutionalized mm-hmm. I cannot change any of that. But what I can change is to make sure that my family 
is taken care of in the right regiment, and then my community, Amen, my brother, brother and sister that's next to me, to give them ideas on how to improve their personal situation. Because I may never be a billionaire or a millionaire. I may never make to the status of a doctor's degree. I may never make all of that. You're black king, though. <laughs> through life, exactly. But through life, did I make sure yes, that sir. I strengthen my brother and sister next to me in my same scenario, in my same issue, and make them a little bit better than when they woke up yesterday? Yes, that's Lord. what I can control. Ooh, but hey, what that, I I hate to have to go behind the preacher like that. But you was preaching right there, man. You following Martin Luther right Yeah, you you went in, man. But for me, the most important thing is at home. Mm -hmm. uh, it starts at home. It starts how I act, how I care of myself, and then how I teach my children. Mm -hmm. Um, I do tell my boys that it's okay to cry. Mm -hmm. It's okay to show emotion. Now, of course, I'm not going to be raising just no soft boys. going to be crying over every little thing. But <laughs> it's okay if something makes you sad. Like, I remember my son, he, it was his last day of school. Um, This was last year. And he came home, he came through the door, and he was like, Mine up. too. And I said, bro, what's That's wrong crazy. with you? This last day of school? Wow. Now, I, bro, hey, mind boggle me. I'm mind boggle right now. Right. And he was like, he was cleaning up, and he was like, yeah, he started naming off the friends that right. he wasn't going to see until next year. And I, I kind of wanted to mess with him a little bit about it, but I was like, no, nah, I mean, right. you, like, you got homeboys that you're not going to see for, you know, for the summer. So I can understand that. So, okay, son, now don't start crying, but it's okay to be sad. Right. It's hey. okay to have that emotion. But <laughs> it, crazy. It, it starts at home. You got you to teach it. Y'all can, you know, can, can make fun of me uh, if y'all want, but I, I agree. Go ahead and call me soft. I feel what your son was going through because I spent this past weekend watching a Rachel McAdams movie marathon. I'm talking about The Notebook, The Vow, and it all. And, man, the, the, tear, the tears Ooh. was just the tears was just coming down. I'm okay. I'm okay to be in touch with my LSC, my life and hey. capabilities, you know. It's oh, all about it. Hey, that, I'm about to say, you know, can't no dark skin brother watch the movie. None. We ain't doing that. This ain't, we kid, we ain't play. Hey, LSC capabilities, baby. Whatever. Wow. You only go on that tomorrow. It ain't got nothing to do with us. <laughs> but on a on a serious note, uh, I don't know where we're going next, Mario. But I do have something that's very close to my heart that I would like to share. Go ahead. Um. So, uh, me and Ush have had a very deep uh, conversation about, you know, mental illness, depression, right. things that right. not only Black people but every single it's person on the face of the earth goes through. And we didn't really get into the subject I wanted to, which is why don't black men go to therapy? What is going on with our deep fear of that inside that we don't really show? But mm -hmm. um, something us has always stressed for me is that it's okay to do it. <laughs> it is. And he's, he, may not, he may not know I am one of the most hard-headed black men when it comes to therapy. I do not mm -hmm. agree with it. I hate it to the core. You are. <laughs> but... Ush doesn't know that he became my therapist a long time ago because he became wow. my brother. And he was Look like, you got wow. to, you got to, you got to, you got to. And wow. Ush, Ush is a future pastor, y'all. He's going to be running churches, churches. So <laughs> oh, yeah. I was honored and blessed. I'm like, thank wow. the Lord that I'm able Put me on to the have board, bro. this. <laughs> I got you. Ush, guess what? You're my therapist. You don't know, but you are. And <laughs> I went through my a... Boy personal situation wow. a, a little while ago and a lot of black men wow. did, we actually all were able to come out and share 
our uh, deep feelings oh, yeah. on Kobe Bryant. Hey, don't do that, man. Don't, don't have me. Don't, don't have me crying on the pod. Man, man. we can talk about why <laughs> can black men connect when it comes to sports in our grief, but not everything else. Yeah, that's a right. whole nother conversation. Yeah. That's a good one. But wow, when wow. I went through that uh, phase, I had to create my own system, you know, to kind of get me up and back into like actual life and figuring out our solution, not being stuck in our problem. And I wrote down mm -hmm. four steps. Self-acknowledgement of pain and suffering. Okay, step one. Number two, allowing yourself to mourn in your mm. way. That's everything that we've mm -hmm. been talking about. Number three, That's appreciating life and the blessings you have. Once you get over the traumatic stuff that you've been through, you have to wow. really wake up and look at what's around you because there's so many things that I believe in God has put in your life wow. to make you feel appreciative, thankful, and great, great and blessed no matter what. And then number four is the last, right. self-reflection and growth. Where y'all go? Mm. I, like I love it. that. I love yeah, that. That's what really I came good. up with to help me. I love that. We need to hear that's, that. That's really good. And that that's needed because um, that was going to be my next thing. A lot of uh, men don't know how to, um, don't know how to come up with a solution. Right. Because, you know, as you guys stated earlier, you were taught, you were groomed to be tough. Mm -hmm. So you never had that opportunity to even sit and self-reflect or to get a moment of stillness and to think about everything that's happening and how you're going to move on to the next. Amen. So that was really good. And I'm so, so glad you shared that. I am too. Um, wow. Because I'm okay. somebody might have needed that. Right. <laughs> it's like we talking about our emotions and that, that, but you ain't telling me how. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> we got, we, we have to be able to get it out, though. I know, um, I don't want to go as far as Ron to say I just, you know, hate therapy or whatnot, but I'm not going to no therapist. It's just not happening. But, you know, you're, it's, that, it's all relative. Man, like, I have, my best friend system. lives, you know, 10 minutes down the road. Me, me and him, we'll sit down and we'll talk right. for hours, just kind of, you know, bouncing yeah. ideas off each other, just kind of talking about what we're going through. So I get it out, you know, on your barber. I'm, I'm real close with my barber. I Good. get it Yo, out. Blessings. Um, and then I got my dogs, like my boy Ron and my boy Family. Um, I got them too, but uh, but I know nine times out of ten, your brother ain't going to no therapy. And I Why did, not? though, but I did. It's well, I, and I know, and, and, and it's not to say that it's bad. Like I know, um, like somebody, people close to me mm -hmm. have went, and I know that it it, it is necessary. Yep. I just kind of feel like oh. I know how I am, and I know I'm not gonna share. Mm -hmm. I'll spend my money to go sit in front of somebody who I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna keep it a hundred. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna keep it a book. That's true. I'm not. <laughs> it, it, it is what it is. But I know if I'm talking like one, my best friend, and I say something, he give me that look. Like, come on, bro. We already know that ain't the whole story. Or that's half the story. You lying. That kind of thing. It's just the therapist ain't gonna get that for that's me. good. Okay. I got a homie right. that just went through and suffered through, you know, like, you know, a split up a divorce, and wow. he said the same thing that he said he wouldn't. He went to the therapy, but he said he just hated it because. He wasn't being 100 with that person yeah, sitting in front of him. with a stranger. Um, because he knew, because for him, he just didn't trust that person. I think, I know therapy is good. Like I said, I did it, but I had, but I'm to a point in my life, I guess, where I'm beyond what I care what other people think. So because of that, I don't mind sharing with a complete stranger 
what I'm dealing with in the aspect of where I need help. Do I tell them everything? Absolutely not. However, I tell them what I need them to understand about me so I can get help in that area of understanding. So that's what I have to use therapy for, to get clarity in an area, not all of my life. Because you know what? To be honest with you, ain't nobody going to understand everything about you. But sometimes that clarity mm-hmm. in, that, in that one situation, you need it. Yeah. You're good. You always been you always been a small man. So, <laughs> crazy. Crazy. so I want to bring up something because um, so in my dormitory we have over nine hundred airmen. I mm-hmm. personally over I range from eighty to a hundred airmen, um, but I have people that don't fall under me. A lot of uh, uh, young men that come to me mm-hmm. um, to talk to me. I've had young men cry in front of me. And I've even had some where I knew when they weren't being honest. And I literally would just call them out, like, straight up, like, you know, like, what it is, because you're not telling the truth right now. Right. And I I realized that it is the trust issue. Uh, One of the Mm -hmm. biggest things was trust, because so for... For me, I'm kind of I'm gonna go a little bit off topic just to give you guys a background. Oh man, at my job, something just came to my head. (laughs) No, at my job, people think I'm super mean. Like they think I am the meanest person walking (laughs) because I am so strict. Right. (laughs) But I'm wanting. Hey y'all, but he's a little bit too late for this part of the podcast. But no, and I'm I, I stay on them. But as certain, like like I said, a lot of uh, young black men, they notice like I'm on you for a reason. Because if I ain't right. on you, you go do what you want to do, and now you go be another statistic in society yep. going back to the streets. Yep. But when they realize that, and She's then right. they started opening up. Let me you, jump in. There's a black <laughs> man that work with me. Um, down the hall, and um, he's a great MTL and stuff. But for and not just myself, there's another black woman that works with me, and a lot of um, young black men come to her and talk to her. Um, And like you said, I don't know why. Like I'm trying to figure out why do you guys feel that you can trust a female more than a man? Because another man. Because I'll tell you why. I'll tell you right now, right why. And CJ and Ron, tell me from right or wrong. It's because a lot of us, our father figures, some of us didn't have father figures, period. All we had was our mom. So we're going to trust the woman automatically over another guy that was never there anyway. Number two, the guys that were there that were father figures, we did not see them perform in the absence of crying. We did not see them get emotional. So our trust with them is great. Don't get me wrong. But I would rather trust my mom because my mom has seen me in all aspects from the time I was a sperm in her stomach to the time that I'm a grown adult. That's why we trust the woman first. I'm trying to change. Pause. Oh, I was so confused. Because, like, I was just wondering, like, <laughs> if y'all think I'm the meanest person out here, next thing you know, you come come around and you coming in my office and now you sitting here opening up to me about your whole life story. I'm like, you're a mother figure. My you're a mother out. figure. That's what you are. Yeah, that, that's like. It's like a mother figure. Yeah, it's, it's, when it's, you, when we got it. I think I, I think black man I think we have to make sure know we keep it outside of mothers because I'm ready to speak on a, a a aspect of the relationship and talk about sisters as well. Okay, but if they're younger than her, they're yeah, gonna be true. a it's gonna that's be a true. mother figure, especially if they in the dorms. That means they between eighteen to twenty. <clears throat> that's the mom. 
That's what it is. So I get a phone call from uh, uh, was it Thursday maybe, telling me that we are going to be on a podcast, and I'm like, oh, do we have to? <laughs> and Usher's like, why do you feel like that? What is wrong? I'm like, you want me to be honest? I'm just being lazy. <laughs> but he eventually got to the point that it was you, uh, Shoulders. And I'm just like, oh, that's 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 like my sister, man. And he's like, what? So as you're saying all of this, I'm just dying and laughing because most people won't know for about three years, maybe, we unfortunately had to deal with the fact that we worked every day together wow. outside of deployments. Wow. <laughs> we were in the same office, same cubicles our entire time in Italy. And I remember times where I was down and out. I feel mm. what you were saying on the next level. I had periods where I was down. Guess who came to my house where I excluded oh. everybody, CJ? CJ, I wasn't even talking to us. I wasn't going to <laughs> church. I was in my what? full LSC life and capabilities. <laughs> I was hurt down and out. Crazy. She oh, came my to my that. door, banging on the door. Ron, get up. <laughs> and outside of everything, depending on how it went, it's about she was there for me. And that's special. Mm. It's special. And it goes back to what we're talking about. You got to appreciate what you, what you got. And I just want to let your followers and your listeners know that where you're coming from, if any of them are listening, is real, is genuine, and it's it special. I feel it. I feel it. I'm 100 right now. Can oh, I add you. on to this real quick? So for the listeners as well, Ron just talked about Samaria and her importance in his life. Well, then I, I'm not going to exclude CJ because if people don't know, listeners, you don't know. Right. Being Sydney friends, <laughs> For like 20 plus years like we been like like close friends since like we were 13 years old we're like in our late 30s right now and we had an apartment together we <laughs> yeah, we don't we did, used to we ride did it all, streets together we? <laughs> we done did it oh, all y'all. Like, the <laughs> apartment days right that's why i trust this that's why i know men can have a well-maintained friendship and, and CJ is right. He don't express emotions like that. But even the times that he did and I was there, I was there. But I didn't look at him any less of a man when he did. And this is when he and I were just trying to figure out life yep. at 17, 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Because I knew one thing. That's my boy. And I got to have his back. We went through fallouts. We went yeah, man. We, we had some real housewives of Atlanta. Oh, drama, man. Man. It was crazy. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I know. Really In my head, I'm thinking idea. we got to turn this into a show itself. <laughs> Y'all not going to get that much tea from what you hear. Hey, I'm pleading to fill the whole show then. <laughs> a whole show. <laughs> I'm with you. But it can, it can work. You just got to find, like CJ was saying earlier, you got to find that circle that you hold real tight. And you got to be like, I'm going to put my trust here. And that other person, that other man is going to be like, I got your back. It's not going to be anything in between. I got your back no matter what you need. And here we are 20-something years later, still the exact same as we was when we were 13 years old. Exactly. Mm. So let's go into what you said about having a circle. 
Um, I'm all about that because I'm strong with my circle. I only talk to a few people, um, especially my husband. He got less friends than me. Um, but as we think about the next generation, all you guys are fathers. You know, all of you have sons. Outside of your sons, how would how could you make an impact on the next generation? Because think about the ones that grew up like you guys that probably didn't have that father figure or that father that said, you know, chin up, tough it out, mm-hmm. chin down. What, what are is. y'all doing? Well, I'll I'll start to make it real brief on this one. In Aviano, you know, God had blessed that I was the minister there at that church. And I was able to, to that younger generation of 18, 19, 20, 20 years old in those dorms, spend time with them. We go out to eat. At the BX, we they would come to the bank when I was working at Global Credit Union and talk to me. Um, I befriended those guys, and I'm still friends with those guys on a level of I just try to pour into them anything I can, anything that I can. The same with my son. Anything. Every morning, he knows. He gets in the car. We listen to Global News Podcast on the way to work. That's our thing. That's what we do. I drop him off at school. Then I go to work. He knows everything about the news that's going on right now. He probably knows about COVID-19 more than anybody else. Mm. Yes. Wow. Um we also listen to black history shows too. We also listen to anything black history in the morning too. The point I'm trying to say is I just taking a moment to pour into somebody else is what I do. Whether it's on Facebook, social media, Instagram, or off the off of that, meeting with somebody for lunch, talking to somebody, texting somebody, checking on somebody. Just pour what I know. I don't know everything, but what I do know somebody else knows. I like it, man. I think you, you know, know it all. That guy told you y'all was smart. He's always <laughs> But for me though, for me, I don't. I, I my outreach isn't that. You know, I I can't get to as many people like us can. You know, I'm not a you know, minister in the church or anything. But how I do, whenever my sons are into something, oh, you're on the speakers now. Yeah, man. yeah, exactly, right, yep. exactly. I can get, that, I can really get that reach out there. But like for my sons, whenever if he's playing yep. football or basketball, you know, I always try to volunteer to be one of the assistant coaches. I'm not trying to be a head coach, but. That's you know, good. just to kind of show the boys, you know, that you can show emotion, you can be, you know, have fun, you you know, you can have That's a good, good time. I do that. And then um, as well, like my wife has not all her friends, but she has a few friends that, you know, maybe the dad is not there like they want. You know, I always kind of say I'll volunteer like, hey, mm-hmm. you want to bring such and such over, you know, hey, we got to eat anyway. You might as well bring them over, let them hang out with us. So just kind of when I'm around, you know, individuals, like that. especially that's younger than me, I always try to be the best me. I always try to be the best me. I watch what I say. You know, I make sure I talk about you know, women appropriately, uh, we n- nothing crazy, just kind of showing respect. I make sure that I, every black man I see, you know, young or old, I refer to him as a king with the women, the you know, queens, um, you know, just to kind of instill that power. And, you know, you got to, you just kind of, you have to walk that life and live that life yourself. So, you know, that's how I do it. That's right. That's good. My man. That is good. That's really good. Um... Dang, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> we get deep. We get deep. I lost deep. my train of thought. Because um, <laughs> we're talking about, yeah, we're talking about, you know, um, helping out the younger generations and stuff like that. One thing I do want to hit on um, as well, um, and you guys tell me if you agree, disagree, um, I'm open to whatever. Um, but me personally, I feel like the fact that um, as little boys, you know, you guys are told to have those emotions um, and you are you don't trust a lot of people. I feel like that brings a whole bunch of other issues, like a lot of other issues, whether it's performance in school, whether it's hanging with the wrong crowd, 
whether it's, you know, being in the streets and stuff like that. I'm not saying those things won't happen, but I feel that um, not being able to channel or express how they feel um, plays a major no part doubt. in that. I couldn't agree more. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Like, you got, you look at, I hate to even use the term gangster, but you look at the kids who grow up, you know, try to gang bang. It's like, you wasn't born to be a gang banger. There was a point in your life where you felt more accepted on that side than you would on the, the other side of the law, you know? And it's just, right. like I say, it all starts at home. Like, it, it starts with with each individual. Um, I, I do, I am one of the people who do believe that your circle shouldn't be too large. You can't, I mean, don't get me wrong, you can have a lot of friends, and I'm an air quote friends, but everybody's not really, you know, in it for you. Yeah. Yeah, you can have acquaintances, acquaintances. that you know, you'd be cordial right. with, be nice with, you know, hang out with and things like that, but, uh, you know, you do have to have an outlet. So, you know, growing right. up, you know, we don't hear that therapy is an option. Like, like say, black people just don't talk about it. Right. You don't, they don't go into therapy. Like, you, you, right. you kind of got to tough it out. You know, done therapy, thing, but they did not because they didn't see it as important. And I think a lot of the times, the reason they told us to not trust, going back to, you know, your question, Samari, and tagging up what CJ said, is because they thought it was the best way to protect us. We got to understand our parents did the best they could to protect us because they didn't want us mm-hmm. to go through what they went through. So they saw it as mm-hmm. a protecting mechanism. When now we don't see it as a protective mechanism. It's like a lot of things I wish I would have done, I didn't do because I didn't trust anybody because I had trust yeah. issues. And so the protection and the trust, even though they still go hand in hand, they actually like became opposite attractions of each other. So that's why we are we are today. Do I trust you? Am I trying to trust? Tell my child to trust or am I trying to protect my child? And that's what we have to do what Rob was talking about with his four things to to self, especially with self reflection, like I gotta sit down and think. Why did I tell my child that? Because that's the biggest I got part, a trust bro. issue. Yeah. I putting it on them because that's my issue. That's not their issue. They could just mm-hmm. be having a good time, but because I have issues, I'm putting it on them and saying this is why you don't do that. But that's not right. That's what my parents did to me. So we gotta self reflect. Yep. I mean, you gotta think about how early did fix. you hear? Don't you go telling my business. Right. You heard you hear that early when you at home, your, your right. parents tell you that like don't you go over in your mouth and tell what we got going on in this house like that's just yeah I don't know if that's just the black community I know that couldn't have just been me but you would dare say anything that was going on yeah. my mom had a sip of a cup of wine yeah. and I went back and told somebody the next You're day right. yeah my mom was drinking some wine it was over over so right. you know we just kind of like right. conditioned that but way the problem like, is I, I do that and I don't share the right thing with people that I should. For instance, and I'm going to get a little deep real quick. Two seconds. Y'all bet with me, okay? So, <laughs> because we're talking about this, Samari, your questions are so good because here's the other side of this. We talked about anger and then we talked about um, being sad and afraid. But if you don't have a circle to talk to, when it comes to things like addictions, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's pornography or anything else of that matter, when you don't have that system, you can trust that. I will tell you, you cannot beat those things by yourself. You cannot. And they will stay addictions unless you have a circle of people that yeah, you, you can, can yeah, talk yeah, to, right. that you trust, that can help you overcome those things. Because they cannot be overcome with a simple four-step process. They can't. You need help. And as a black man, we've gotten congregated in a lot of those things, some I didn't even mention, to where it's it's overcome us and we don't have anybody to talk to about it because again, we're afraid of what they're going to say about me. Can I trust them? Is my biz going to get out in the streets? I just deal with it on mm-hmm. my own. 
And 10, 15, 17 years later, you're still addicted to the same things. You know you if you just change them, your marriage will be better. Your your kids, yeah. everything will be better, but you just you just can't do it. Amen, man. Wow. Can't do it. Yep. You're right about that. That, that makes a lot of sense. I don't want to hit right. too much into that because that's for another episode. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm ready for part two. That's a whole different episode. Don't be trying to steal my episode. Okay. My bad. Don't be trying my to bad. steal my content. My bad. <laughs> but no, that is um that is good on what you said because I feel whoever's listening, this will allow them to resonate with what's going on in their lives and just think about it. You know, the power of just sitting back, being still and thinking is crazy. Um, and that's always, as Ron said earlier, the first step. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was <Exactly>. good. <laughs> Appreciate that. I was trying to get in my feels and whatnot. <laughs> I hope I didn't talk oh, this sounds though, like closing marks. That. You know, <laughs> yes. So, no, this is all good. I feel that you each gave um, great perspectives. Um, and yeah, I think. Can I get two amazing. things off my chest really quick? So, we end clo- <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Hey, yep, I just I like know. to bless Here the people, man. First of all, I have Arana to took over show. This whole show, <laughs> this episode, reminds me of one album that I fell in love with. Go listen to Wale's album from last year. Wow, that's crazy. Talks about black men in therapy, yes, black men in America, things we've been through, things we have to overcome, yes. and just what what to do. Boom. Yes. Second point. I have a love letter for all the little black boys out there. And it's something I wrote a little time ago. It's only one paragraph tomorrow. Don't get scared. Like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's quick quick and sweet to the point. And it's for the kids. Ron Logie, love the kids, baby. Listen. Yeah, you you hear where it was inspired from. It starts, Dear Kobe, Gianna Bryant, John and Carrie Altobelli, their daughters, Alyssa, Sarah Chester, and her daughter, Peyton, Coach Christina Mosser, and Ara Zobion. There is a time for happiness, a time for celebration, and a time we must all endure grief. Tragedy is something no one truly wishes for. It us in a twinkling of an eye at a moment's notice. This world suffers from brokenness every day. And now we see the names of families that will never be whole again, marred in despair. Despite the fact that clearly this is a time for mourning, it should also be a time for reflection, a time to look at your life and the blessings you treasure, whether big or small, a time to show appreciation for the ones around you and a time to celebrate the lives you, the life you are blessed with. So let's turn up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Look, that was good. I like it, man. 
Hey. I like it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how much I want the, the young black man turning up. Capri Sun. I might have a little Henny in mind, but you know. Exactly. You talking about Capri Suns here, huh? You know, make it no, happens to y'all. Stay with the blood. So, to close, please tell my followers where they can find you guys. Oh, man. Go ahead, wanna, CJ. You know, follow you. No, it's over. Oh, one of y'all. Go ahead. What? Oh, I- all right, well, oh no, no, I, I'm gonna go first since I went first and I ain't get to, you know do my plug. But hey, I'm CJ. Uh, boom, boom, everyone, boom, boom. You know, again, thank you for uh, having us on. I am one of the co-hosts on the Speak Easy podcast. I also have, yeah, I also have another Woo! podcast that's yeah, under boy. the Speak Easy umbrella. It's called Pigskin Junkies, and a splash of Southern hospitality is where we talk nothing but football, football, it. football, and football. So for, whoever you are, football listeners, that's coming it. soon. And then I also have a, another yeah, show. Yeah. Under the Speakeasy umbrella, that's called the Culture Corner that I do with my wife. We wow. talk about things, you know, everything good, good that's great, all y'all need and, and bad that's about all the y'all need to know. So that, that is that look is forward to that. We got another episode dropping. All them shows, um, but that's CJ. Fuck with us, we love that's y'all, lawyers. Right, <laughs> right on, right on. That's all I can say. I don't care about that's you. Right on. That's it. That's it. <laughs> 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 y'all love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love these guys. No. I love these guys. I wouldn't do this for nobody else. Thanks, Mario. Real talk. Thank you for bringing us on. I uh, I could not see this being done with any other group of guys, but these two. I appreciate you, you know, letting us come on your show and just, you know, you blessing us with your presence. Um, everything was dope. We appreciate it. Well, I thank you guys. I mean, I can't do the show. Yes, I mean, I could, but <laughs> it would it wouldn't be the that same. It wouldn't be the same. <laughs> um, it, yeah, definitely wouldn't be the same. Uh, so I am extremely grateful for you guys coming on and opening up and sharing your uh, voices on this podcast. Who knows? Oh, definitely. We are doing part two, speak. and you got to come on the speakeasy. Put it simple. <laughs> you got to. Oh yeah, I, I was oh, about I to say that. that. We're going to have to talk about us. We have. Yeah. I've been thinking about it the yeah, whole time. Anybody that's definitely in the business field where they got podcasts, books, whatever the case may be. That's you. You coming on. We're going to get you with some questions. I love how you have a podcast going on. I just want to say that. Woo! Woo! Uh-oh. Hey, she done messed up. She's going to be on about six different shows. She's going to be like, wait a minute. I I thought I had my own podcast. Yeah, I got recorded just the podcast going on. So, um, But yeah, so that's one in the show for today um remember it drops a new episode drops every friday i might sprinkle in one a tuesday depending on how i'm feeling and that's it thank you guys for tuning i will see you all next week so yeah i'm